out of Austin, Texas. You're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean. Good afternoon. This is Sheila Dean. I'm your hostess. Day 63 of 100 Days of Colin. We're loyal to the, uh, the purpose. Hello. It's the Ginger Ninja. I'm going to go call all the people. Invite, invite. You are all invited. Everybody's invited. Okay. So if you have a list of people that are you can invite, invite them to the show so that we can we can talk about all the things. And we got a lot of things, so I started early actually. So here's the big disclosure. The one thing we haven't been talking about this week is that Facebook moved to settle the Cambridge Analytica lawsuit. Okay, and that was news on August 29th. Didn't know about it, wasn't aware of it, but uh, there is an undisclosed settlement amount proposed on the table. So I'll just go ahead and read this. This is from TechCrunch. So can money buy privacy? Facebook's parent, Meta, has proposed to settle a long-running privacy class action lawsuit in the Northern District of California related to the Cambridge Analytica scandal, Reuters reported Friday, citing a court filing. The size of the proposed settlement has not been disclosed. Meta was contacted for comment, but a spokesperson for the tech giant declined to make a statement at this time. The Reuters news agency reports that the filing submitted Friday asked the judge to put the class action on hold for 60 days until the lawyers for both plaintiffs, Facebook, finalize a written settlement. The suit, which has been bogged down in legal wrangles around discovery for four years, accuses Facebook of illegally shared user data with a disgraced UK-based data firm, Cambridge Analytical. Analytica. Sorry. Back in 2018, when the revelations blew up, the tech giant's share price, Facebook admitted that the third-party data firm could have accessed up to 87 million users. This data set was later revised down to be about 50 million plus. Cambridge Analytica had planned to use improperly obtained Facebook data to build psychographic profiles of voters and had been engaged by the Trump campaign of former U.S. President Donald Trump for the 2016 primaries. It was also accused by a whistleblower of pursuing voter suppression tactics targeting black voters. Facebook founder, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, and former COO Sheryl Sandberg had been due to give up 11 hours of testimony next month for six hours and five hours, respectively, following deposition in the Northern California District of California Cambridge Analytica suit. So here it is, your dog and pony show of the week, because next week they are going to review... American uh, privacy policy. There's going to be a hearing um, for the FTC. I don't know what the FTC really has proposed, but they're going to show that they might be able to do that. But so far, the only thing that they've been able to do as far as law enforcement action yet that is enough to make a dent, because none of these folks have gone to jail, not for violating health care privacy or child privacy. No one, there's jail sentences that could be attached to some of those things but I don't I don't think people are being persecuted sorry prosecuted 
Persecute is a different word. I'm pretty hot on the issue of privacy, so I, I want more enforcement. I just haven't gotten it. So that's where the that's where the itchy angry is coming from. So, you know, just because I, I want it to be so, there, there is a court process. I regard it. And I want more enforcement because it doesn't seem that the tech companies are deterred from doing this because they're able to hang on to their money and keep doing this and write a check and hang on to the money and keep doing this. So it's a vicious circle. So I'm going to get back to the read here. All right. If in the in principle settlement sticks, again, dog and pony show around the, the uh, September 11th date. Um, that's lots of hours of testimony. The in principle settlement stick, the pair looked to set avoid being grilled in person about their roles in the data scandal in this suit at least. District of Columbia had also been seeking to depose Zuckerberg in a separate Cambridge Analytica privacy litigation, a separate litigation for the District of Columbia. In 2018, Zuckerberg was called before Congress to testify about the scandal, which led to copious evasive responses and or just crying out for forensic follow-up and evidently meta which is the name change and brand change that precipitated i would say long after would prefer to splash cash and spare the supreme leader such scrutiny so the five billion settlement facebook meta subsequently agreed to with the ftc which we kind of just indicated in 2019 after the regulator examined whether it had violated an earlier privacy agreement which was a um they're busy violating privacy a lot. So was criticized by dissenting commissioners as allowing the social media giant to pay for blanket immunity for its senior management team. Additionally, Cambridge Analytica um, obtaining Facebook data on so many users in many countries other than the U.S. Um, Zuckerberg has repeatedly refused to submit to scrutiny about the scandal in front of international parliaments, agreeing only to one short-form public session in front of a subset of EU lawmakers which allowed him to cherry-pick responses and dodge follow-ups. Okay, I'm going to cut to this other article quickly. Now, I titled the name of this today's episode Facebook Facebook PSYOPs as a Service. I have a piece of news here um, from the Daily Dot and the headline is U.S. State Department confirms contract with Facebook scandal firm and the government agency has confirmed it so it is the State Department the State Department has contracted Facebook to screw down news it doesn't want to go in and that explains the way that COVID news in particular and it was called misinformation. Anything that the State Department didn't want, they could screw down and say no to. So the agency under fire for harvesting data on 50 million Facebook users report- reportedly has an open contract with the U.S. State Department, according to a news outlet, Defense One. A State Department official confirmed its Global Engagement Center branch has a $500,000 contract with Strategic Communications Laboratories, a British analytics firm in the parent company of what? Cambridge Analytica. 
SEL, in particular, SEL Defense has done work for other parts of the U.S. government in the past as well and is a major company in the field of research and analytics, a State Department spokesperson for Defense One said. Global Engagement Center does not does have a contract with the Strategic Communications Laboratory Group to provide research and analytical support in connection with our mission to counter terrorist propaganda and disinformation overseas. Also here at home, apparently, the GEC was established under the Obama administration. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, in 2016, my mic just went way up. Sorry about that, guys. Did I just blow your ears out? Sorry. Um, to counter propaganda and misinformation from terrorist organizations. Uh, the contract submitted in January of 2017 was reportedly given to the SEL to find people who might be susceptible to ISIS recruitment. And according to its website, the GEC has established anti-propaganda programs on various social media sites, satellite TV, radio, film, and print. Since Trump took office, the department was handed $120 million to prevent Russian and state election meddling following the 2016 presidential election under Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, who was fired last week and department didn't spend, spend any of the funds. Status of the contract given to the SEL is listed as fully executed. And <coughs> that means your tax dollars went there. And states all funding was received according to the government contract website, GovTribe. The SEL has come under fire for collecting the personal information of 50 million Facebook users and giving it to Cambridge Analytica, the spin-off branch. The company harvested the data with the help of Cambridge professor Alexander Kogan and his company, The Global Science Research, which used a personality test app called this is your daily or this is your digital life to learn more about Facebook users after receiving the data without permission Cambridge Analytica created a powerful software that was designed to influence what base Facebook users votes Facebook users votes okay Facebook responded to the potentially illegal sharing of data by banning Cambridge Analytica and SEL group from its platform the beleaguered social giant is now considering legal action we exploited Facebook to harvest millions of people's profiles and build models to exploit what we knew about them and target their inner demons. Cambridge Analytic whistleblower Christopher Wiley told The Observer. That was the basis that the entire company was built on. Okay? So this is not new. This is Facebook's whole thing. Wiley, who went public with the allegations last week, briefly addressed the contract in an interview with The Guardian. Okay. So we're kind of up to date with with the exception of a couple other things. Let me call, invite some people if you can. Um, I just wanted to indicate one more news item here before we get to the talk piece. So if you don't mind being patient for just a little bit. Okay. So there is there was a oversight and judiciary. Um, Republicans, there is that end of the, that's the government piece here. There was a House Committee on Oversight and Reform Ranking Member James Comer and the House Committee on the Judiciary Ranking Member Jim Jordan, along with Republican lawmakers on both panels. Uh, on September 1, they pressed Mark Zuckerberg about Facebook's suppression 
of the allegations about the Biden family before the 2020 election. Now, this also goes to elections and voting and vote, vote screwing and all that other stuff. So, during a recent podcast, Zuckerberg admitted reduced circulation of the New York Post explosive story about the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop following the guidance from the FBI. Republican lawmakers are seeking all documents and communications between Facebook, the FBI, and the Democratic National Committee about the Post reporting on the Biden family. Okay, so in this case, you know, Zuckerberg had prior or previously admitted that he'll censor anything that's going to get him in trouble because he's a government contractor. So he has to obey all of the, you know, he wants to steer clear of any, any, um, you know, regulatory. Uh, so he started censoring, just censoring everything. And then advertisers got clipped as well. So there was a, there was kind of a big negative against Facebook with marketing or the marketing agencies over that, but they still kept coming. Everybody still kept coming and it was just so strange. Why doesn't, why don't people just leave? Um, so I just wanted to indicate that. So now there's this, um, this letter, it says, I'm going to read part of it here. It says, we've seen in recent months how some in government have sought to use big tech to censor divergent viewpoints and silence opposing political speech. Government driven and big tech implemented censorship suppresses freedom of speech and free thought online in ways that harm public discourse. Facebook's suppression of the Post article and allegations of Biden family corruption highly relevant to the 2020 president election following guidance from the FBI is highly troubling. So the FBI also has had a storied history with Facebook. They had an office inside of the Palo Alto Hacker Way location, right? The headquarters. So they're they're just kind of embedded with the... with. So they may also be... A, um, a contractor with the FBI. What we have on file is that they are with the State Department. And we also have on file from 2010 that the FBI had an office embedded there because of Obama. So now we'll take your calls. Nate, you there? Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. here. So, uh, wow. That's a lot of uh, a lot of information to sort through. Um, but you know what? The, the thing I'm thinking about right now. Do you remember the story? This was I. I want to say it was either was it like the very beginning of Biden's administration, where it was a widely reported story that a lot of former FBI agents were finding employment. I think it was either FBI or CIA were finding employment at Facebook. Oh. And. Uh, I believe it was Facebook. Um, and this was a public story that they were employed there. Mm-hmm. And um, this was, to my knowledge, they were private employees. Like, that's how it was reported. But, you know, really, whether they're, you know, just getting out of the FBI and going into Facebook, I mean, either way you look at it, it's really, really disturbing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the line, the line between private and the government I mm-hmm. mean it doesn't get any more blurred than that right and I mean in fact it's not just blurred I mean they are an employee 
And as an that's right, they're a government service contractor, and that's what I'm trying to tell people. It's they're, yeah, that's oh. that's incredibly disturbing. Um, mm -hmm. And it's and how so? I also find this is another story that you know I, I like to keep up to date with news stories, etc. But I found many things that I hear on your podcast. This being among them, I haven't heard. I haven't heard, and then I, I research it. it. It's absolutely true. Um, I, ha but... I also have sources in the. Um, I have sources in that you push here. If you go to the the box that says the unsanctioned citizen, if you just push to the left, um, Facebook moves to settle Cambridge. That was buried news this week. Uh, will new censorship bills increase? Cyberbullying.org. That's just a general point of you know, public service, uh, Facebook's election meddling, Zuckerberg's election spending. Fa he spent $419 million on a local election in California. To, to... That's, that's, he spent $419 million. Yep. See, how can, how can anybody, how can any citizen look at that and not be infuriated i think the only way the only way is if you are it is has to do with your tribe and therefore <laughs> you think it is somehow a good thing i mean that's yeah the only that's way. like it otherwise doesn't even pass muster even if it is your own tribe you're like if they can do it to to my rivals they can do uh, it to me and that's how well, i've always viewed it if you're if you're intelligent i think that's how you look at it if you're if you are only interested in ideology then I mean, I know plenty of people who are more than willing to overlook things like that. And I mean, overlook it and not blink twice. It's real, which is terrifying because that is, I, I, hmm. how can you have a functional democracy if you are willing to look the other way when something is right in front of your face? You know, that's to me, that is on par with mm -hmm. Nazi Germany seeing it happen. Mm -hmm. And ignoring it, not doing anything. Um, it might be time to go back and revisit more of the mass formation psychosis stuff that we we imprinted at the beginning of this the history of this podcast um, here on Colin. We did some mass formation psychosis coverage, and then it was touched upon this week at on prime time, and I think that. Uh, you know, but there's there's a, a group called I think it's the Market of Ideas. Um, Marketplace of Ideas, maybe. No, 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 no. It's called. Um, well, I'll get to it. Continue, continue while I go find it. <laughs> oh, um, so no, that's that's. Uh, I, I mean, I knew about what I knew about Facebook were the hearings. Mm -hmm. um, I was aware of that. I was aware of. Oh gosh. Um, the Cambridge, I mean, the Cambridge Analytica in terms of that story breaking. Um, but really, I was not aware of the fact of, of that Facebook was a or is a contractor for the U.S. government. Like that means they are on the government's payroll. That's right. They're using that our is, taxes to do this. That is that changes everything. And people need to be aware they need to be aware of this. This is not okay. And uh, there's there's no way you can make it okay. You can't make that okay. Um, 
it's something that is well so you know what it does is it gives you the power to pull them over and say you can't use our tax money to censor united states citizens online you can't do that well it because okay that means if facebook is censoring people then on behalf of the government that they can't do that that's illegal de facto right if they're censoring citizens and they're getting money from the government what does that mean like it doesn't take a genius to figure that out and Mm -hmm. so if that if you know link those two and why is our media not reporting on this that is there's no excuse none that should be front page news i mean that is you know the the irony is that it's front page news if facebook is somehow seen to collude in a or to not stop the uh not stop um disinformation right but basically Mm -hmm. disinformation is linked with the right so really what they're talking about is censoring speech on the right which i think many people are will talk themselves into as being okay uh, uh, more, more than that more than that there if it disinformation goes towards the ukraine narrative like so they're Absolutely. censoring uh you know what's really important is if you object to the war and if you object to war spending okay and maybe you have uh you demand debate over some of these issues regarding foreign policy but they have locked much of the American public out, especially the ones that, that maybe don't want the wars, okay? Um, because they control the purse strings exclusively up there. And when every time you open your mouth to say, I do not want to spend the money on war, well, uh, they have to block You're right. that. You're, I guess I'm all right if I, what? I mean, it used to be that the anti-war people were, you know, they were color revolutionary leftists and they were uh, sometimes communist and and a lot of times liberal and classical liberal and libertarian. Classical liberals are, are usually libertarians. There's traditional civil libertarians, meaning, you know, I want less government and government get out of my bedroom, government get out of my face. You know, less regulation, leave me alone, all of the above, and um, and I fall into that that column. Um, but also, you know, it was traditional Democrats who were like, "This, I, I need more resources. Keep stop sending our our boys to war. We need we need more people here at home um, for for to build things, to to grow the crops, to." But I think once, once, go once ahead. The Demo- once that party, though, made the decision to dump the working class and to embrace uh, basically uh, neoliberal uh, fascism. Fascism? <laughs> well, fascism. Neoliberal fascism. Right. Just call combined it what with, it is. Yeah, it is. But combined with uh, combined with what's the what's the term? God, I can't believe I'm forgetting the term. Um, where we're all reduced to our gender, our ethnicity. So using those... Like Reductive combined, identity politics? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so between identity politics, dumping 
the they figured we they figured okay with all of the illegal immigration we can pick up all these people coming across the border we don't need the working class anymore so knowing that that's going to affect a swath of their party and they thought okay well we can just get by with uh this you know um coalition of disparate groups and then we make an enemy out of the people that don't fall into it and there we go i mean i i really think it was as simple as that and and the, was, the um, objective was was power and and well money and power but to get money get the people to get the people's purse yeah and and to to make it go in their pocket and we're seeing that played out perfectly in real time they censored the, the biden laptop on facebook and you know they they paid for it the state department ah used our money to so do this means- It's corruption. That's corruption. Right. That is corruption. That means that state department, that that taxpayer, taxpayer dollars were used to silence information regarding a political candidate. And that is as corrupt as corrupt can be. And you I don't I don't know how you work like what mind game you would play with yourself <laughs> to not to disagree with that like, I know. it's you know like it's that's terrifying because you know a lot of people are going to do that they just cannot you know they can't and I, this might be a mass formation psychosis type thing or a group think type thing i mean uh might involve elements of each but how you can explain that away i mean i came from the left and so uh-huh. you know oftentimes coming from the left when you criticize the left it's it's very difficult because when you at your core believe in those liberal values mm-hmm. and you see what what the what those they're values being twisted have, and abandoned oh uh, they're abandoned they're being yeah absolutely twisted manipulated and uh and the sad thing is that so many people you know just by it's like as long as they have a foil like trump then people will buy into it. It's like they they outsource their ability to critically think, and there you know, and then there you go. And and the more time and energy you've invested into it, you know, the less likely you are to go back because it means admitting that you've been wrong, and it's incredibly damaging to a person's ego, to their sense of of uh you know of where they are in the world. I mean, there there's a there's good reason psychologically for people to deny it, but you know, the problem is that you have all these facts that just that are really critical when it comes to basic tenets of democracy that are are being broken. And well, and is... it makes them tacitly tolerant of corruption because they're becoming personally corrupted. That's that's the thing that they're willing to pass the buck on the leaders because they have become personally, you know, corrupted. They they got steered into a a deliberately wrong narrative and then hammered into it like this is true it was false as false could be but they still and they walked out on it and they said we're gonna get the public to enforce this with shame and with you know public castigation campaigns okay we're gonna make them buy our medicine with that with way. shame and public castigation campaigns, and it wasn't worth it. You, this is so blown, 
okay? It has blown apart families. People died separate from one another because of things mm-hmm. like this. It has been really, really damaging to America. It's we need to everyone. figure out how to learn to forgive. One of the things that the ultra left is really bad at is um, they see no no merit in uh, explaining that they were wrong uh, because lying is okay for political use and purpose. Lying the is means, okay. The yeah, means the means justifies the ends. The ends, and that is, you know, I wish those people would go and rewatch V for Vendetta because I think if they watched a movie like that with an open mind, they it would be impossible to ignore that that you know look at what you know if you look at what a classic corrupt government looks like minus minus all the coloring right like minus the actual like makeup and everything else look at what the people are doing look at what the leaders are saying and it's impossible not to see that playing out in front of us right now you can't you can't i mean it's like it's just that it doesn't people don't look if they don't fit the role of what the villain is supposed to look like it's like people can so easily just ignore it and and that's you know it's that's the banality of evil that that some of the that the that the germans are legendary for have you know like their society fell into how civil yeah, and the they and you know they're like I you know let's write off these five hundred Jews to the death camp so right. I can be at home, home for in time for dinner. And absolutely, yep. And, and you look at the history books, and that's what it says that oh, this guy was a you know he was a family man. He was this. He was that. It's like yes, he would order the death of thousands of Jews and then go have cocktail hour and make sure right he was home in time for dinner with his family so you know it's people have to open their minds a little bit and not you know have to look outside the box of what they thought evil would look like I think a lot of people you know would really hope that pure evil would look like Donald Trump and you know the, the man is many things but pure evil just isn't one of them you know he was i mean i'll I'll buy that he's a flawed character i'll buy that he is somebody who at times got really bombastic he i'll i'll buy and concede that he had said some racist things but he is not the the devil evil incarnate what they have done is they have nailed him to a cross and made him this is what they call crucifying a candidate Uh, and uh the Irish Catholics, like Joe Biden, are very legendary for doing this, along with Hillary Clinton. They put him on the cross to pay for their sins. Okay, Joe Biden is guilty of his own kleptocratic crime. He won't face it, so everything is Trump's fault. Everything yeah. that is done that is bad in the world goes upon Donald Trump. And you know, and Donald Trump did not ask for this, uh, but. Donald Trump is getting it because he is the he is the object of a good old-fashioned Irish Catholic crucifixion campaign by the Democratic Party. Okay? Well, all the things that Trump was supposed to do, 
uh, in terms of he was supposed to get us into World War Three. He was, you know, and look where we are right now. I mean, to me, that's that alone, that alone, like just look at where the wars have been and who they presided under. And I think if you are honest, like it's pretty clear it didn't just happen under Joe Biden's watch. Like this was encouraged by his administration. So but because Biden's supposed to be the savior from Donald Trump, they just can't. It's a uh, it's a psychological block. Right. This is uh, another term that I'm forgetting, which is uh, cognitive dissonance. Right. It, it is it's cognitive dissonance. And, and I think that's, you know, everybody, I think so many want to get back to normal. I think for, for multiple reasons. And I think a big one of those reasons is so they don't actually have to go back and look at what they previously said. And that's fine. I'm willing to forgive. I also expect some, people somebody to has to, for... to stop for it. They have to stop. They have to break and go, whoa, at least admit error internally, like admit error within yourself so that you're like, I can't continue to do this. Okay, some people, when confronted directly, cannot handle it. They, they just aren't ready to handle it. They're like small children caught in the act who deny immediately because, because that's what they do. And so we have to look at public accountability and individual accountability in tandem. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not really sure how to, to work myself out of this personally but when you go too hard in any direction people people don't feel like they have the they don't have the room to make a positive decision if you're if you're really directly on top of somebody and you know I don't know if you have ever dealt with children or that if, have you ever had to oh, discipline yes. a child oh okay. yes I have a daughter so Okay, so, I mean, what was it like when you caught her in the act, say, and, and do you find that that was kind of a reflective, res, reflexive response of a small person who you're like 10 times bigger than them? Um, so you're, you're inquiring what her response was like. Yeah, like what, uh, ti- what a typical kid response might be. Oh, I'd say it's probably frozen. You know, you're frozen. You know that you're caught red-handed and... Uh, at least that was, you know, when I think about it, that was her response. I'm not sure if that's mm-hmm. what exactly what you're looking for, but I think it's kind of frozen and it's definitely not. It's almost like you have to discuss the reason, you know, coach them or coach them through like the ability to admit to what they did. Right. Like to get mm-hmm. them to, to first take a take responsibility well first it's like you have to get them over the shock that they were caught red-handed and that you want to talk about it and i think that's where we are right now is that they're i think many of these people know right and they are figuring out i mean i know on a personal level people who are medical doctors uh here in this city who recently apologized to certain people for you know judging them x y or z and this is just good good that is really really good it is good it is good but i think it's also you know there were a lot of things said publicly and Mm -hmm. i think the apologies are private and that is better than nothing but i think i i would 
I would have so much more respect for people if they had the guts, you know, and that's, that's the sad thing. I think a lot of people, Vladi said this on a, I think on a show a few days ago that, mm-hmm. you know, couldn't say a lot of these things publicly because he would, was fear of losing his job. And, you know, and then he lost his job decision. anyway. And, and that's, that's the right. terrible part. It's like, you know, you're just waiting around for the other shoe to drop. And then it ended up being all for nothing. All these people who were just terrorized out of their livelihoods, and it was protracted over months. You know, like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Well, that's why and not then, getting and the then vaccine. And then didn't matter anyway. Not getting the vaccine. You know, I refuse. That's the only. That's the only real. You know, upshot. You know, if you didn't get the vaccine because your doctor advised you for health reasons to not get it, and your employer fired you. And maybe the state government backed backed them up. Um, you know, I, I still think that you have a viable legal case to go back and say this is this was wrongful termination. You can ask for your job back. You can you can document it in the paper. You know, <laughs> you know, I kind of ask for what you want. You can go to these these errant knaves and and start asking for what you want. You know, for for one, I mean, I would like for if I had my wish list or my druthers, I would say let's go to the Biden camp and say let's stop harshing the American people because they don't want this war. If they well, don't want this war, just so you know, I've got a so I'm on social media. That's fine. Mm-hmm. People can can look me up, but it's I'm not trying to hide anything. So one of the a post that I've had on social media and I've pinned it there. So it's the first thing that people see is a story on the, I think it was a time story about two months ago about, it was just about the war in the post. My comments were, uh, come winter time, there is going to be a huge, uh, I mean, the people in Western Europe and in, you know, UK, Germany, I mean, there is going to be a serious disaster because there, you know, doesn't look like there's going to be a resolution. Also, there's going to be famine, you know, that like just basically laying out what what we what our trade offs were when we chose to go or when our government chose to go this route. We did not choose it. Our government did. And right. Um, with that, with very little debate. And that's something I no I debate. Hold, no. I and you know what else? Both. They they backed out of um, I don't know if you heard this, but they backed out of diplomacy without so much as a, as a public uh, indication. What, Fiona Hill wrote an article about it this week. It came out. Um, as I indicated, it was uh, at front and center at antiwar.com. They did a piece on it. Uh, but the but diplomacy was available as an option at, to be worked. There was a peace deal on the table, and there was just no accountability. Nobody gave many, any explanation. There's still no people- explanation. Many people don't even know this, but about 24 to 48 hours before the invasion of Iraq, too, there was – and actually the media did report on this. It was brief, but they did report it, that 24 – I believe it was about 24 hours before our invasion, uh, Saddam Hussein publicly said that he would welcome in weapons inspectors. And if you recall that before the lead-up, that was the big – that yeah, the, the, the yellow cake. That our, was the justification we, for all the things. The yellow we cake. We couldn't get our we couldn't get our inspectors in because they wouldn't allow it. Well, 
at the last minute, he called our bluff. He said he would allow it, and there was no response. So ever since then, I've had a, a slightly different perspective on our real efforts at diplomacy. And I think people have – but people have short memories. They forget things like that, even though that's the most critical thing. You know, It's like okay to remind right them. Here, here's oh, why this is a good yeah. thing, Nate. Here's, here's why this is a good thing. Now that it's being kind of like, you know, slowly seeped out that diplomacy was an option, you know, it, it makes it look like it's unfinished business, which means that there's a, there's an, a gas valve. There's an outlet. Meaning, like, we didn't fully explore the possibility of diplomacy. So perhaps we should go back to this table instead of dumping 13.7 billion dollars more after we sent in I guess another 3 billion package last week um <laughs> the, money, uh, the money yeah the money the, well it's the money it's the money it's the fact that those weapons will be in the hands of our enemies in well they, they're not tracking know, where this ammo goes I mean Mike Tracy has no, has, has uh, reported on this you know extensively he, I mean, he, right here in Colin, he, he talks about it, that, you know, that they're they're trying to talk about, well, you know, here, here's some ammunition. Now they're pulling from our own ammunition and munitions stockpile to a point where we're like, uh, we can't redirect or use this for other, other well, no, conflicts. Our stockpile, our stockpile of javelins is down by like 30%. Our stockpile of stinger missiles is down by a similar amount. And... Uh, it's no, I mean it. It is, it, it's baffling. But that's to me, it only lends more credence to the fact that these people really thought this is okay because it means that Ukrainian lives are the ones killing the Russians, and it's not American, you know, dead American soldiers that are coming back from this conflict. So, so this is a great deal for us, and I think that's how they actually looked at it, which is, uh, it's wrong in so many ways, but. I think that's okay. How we're we're running over just a tad. Anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about this one little thing before I get out of here. Um, and it, it's not really little at all. Now, when I confront certain persons, or when I am asked by other persons, I was invited in this very strange, like, private room uh, by Derek Berger, and whom I who I whom I strongly suspect is a, a latent, you know, socialist without a a direct tribe to go to. Maybe there were some, you know, hackles that were raised and they, they threw him out because they're not real tolerant of one another. And so, sure. <laughs> sure I mean, you know, they're, they're definitely not tolerant of us, but, you know, I mean, they're so much less tolerant of people who don't conform within the ranks. So um, oh, yes. there's a lot of like these little subtext and little, you know, splinter groups of social, social oh, parties, can, you know, they're all, they're all over the map. I have yeah, a brother so who I, lives in Oakland, so... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so I can, I'm, I'm I sure he could all... tell us some stories. Oh, yes. I could let me, let me get to it. Let me get to it. So, yes, I mean, yes. I'm just... I'm in this weird room. And, and so he's, he's asking me these, these questions. And um, he's asking me about, you know, what's the national interest? And, I'm, and I said, well, you know, maybe we should... Uh, you know, stop pointing all the the military 
you know, might at Ukraine and start pointing it at the cartels. And man, he just cut me off and wrote, ran all over me, wouldn't let me speak, and interrupted, interrupted, interrupted. And it's like, what is the objection to using our our continental defense at the southern border with, you know, it's proven, we're proven. There's fentanyl death every day due to the trafficking and due to the human trafficking. And people die every day. I I think a a huge group of migrants were just swept into the, the rapids of the Rio Grande due to flash flooding. Yeah. And, and, and they're gone. They're gone gone people yeah. forever dead dead forever but the, <clears throat> the cartels got their money right so yep. <laughs> and so well, this and is this, it's reminds me of, uh our he was on Colin. uh he's one of uh so this was i think jay was that i'm sorry or am i conflating that uh with the response the other day that i think the, that situation was brought up and uh he's in out of portland i think uh or Seattle. oh uh he's he's a he said he was in Eastern Oregon, but he's Eastern Oregon. But it's but, it's Joshua. He's he's not coming in here Joshua, as often. Right. He really got yeah. alienated by the by the fact that he, you know, some some of the things that he says is, are not the most constructive. They're not they're not building up the personalities that are here, and they're not supportive. Well, <laughs> they're really unsupportive. It, it, it was a good to me. It was a good example of kind of a triggered, uh, you know a triggered response of people who fall on that side of the aisle. And this is, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but what I, what I heard or my perception of that was as soon as, uh, he heard something that really disagreed with his, uh, I I don't know if that was his politics or just his perception. Uh, yeah, it, it seemed like his, uh, his knee jerk reaction was to shut it down. Yeah, and and um, to 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 but to speak up and to disagree. Now, why uh, getting after using the government to get after the the cartels when they're obviously committing you know forceful viol- acts of violence on the American people and the people that they're dealing with on a daily to day basis? I don't know why that would be such such a controversial thing. That, I'm still waiting should... for the the debate and the answer. The fact that right. they won't come debate me or talk to me about it, um, uh, it, it that's go. that there right go. there is like, okay, there we're above go. the principle of debate. And as long ah. as we're above the principle of debating you about such things, then we entertain the delusion that we're in charge. We're in control of this. We, we got this. We're, we'll just handle this from here on out. This is, this is, above, de- this is above debate. Right or I, this this yeah, topic, this is beyond I, beyond, beyond debate, right? right. Beyond okay, debate. so right, and and now there's this resurgence and, and assertion, and and talk groups and in talk radio and talk personalities that you know if you if you're above debate if you can't debate then you should not rule, and I am of the uh, of of I'm I'm adopting that person personality I'm I'm adopting that thought into my into my relay that if you are above debate you're beneath rule you can't rule if you cannot co-govern and allow the the person of the people to to make their dissents or their agreements known whatever it is whatever whatever it is is. if if debate is beneath you then you should not rule this is where and i think people on the left 
have to really ask themselves that using using justifications like that's racist or you know because it's inherently racist it, it doesn't it, oh that's if it is racist we can just call it that okay i i, I know Absolutely. i i feel fine saying if something's racist okay yes fine, flag sure. it but don't don't say we shouldn't debate because because it is because it is inherently because okay. right that because that assertion is therefore it falls into that and th- and we know that's bad and so therefore it's you know it's all it shall never be limits. spoken of ever again <laughs> right. and and it's like we know such things exist in the world we know such things exist in the world and and we know that it is wrong the principles of it are wrong we know why it's wrong but we need to we need to talk at length about other things and we need to talk about things that matter and so when this big scythe comes in of this um, her- heretical you know thought police whatever you want to call it you know it's just it's just an absolute interruption that they just drop it like the with the intent of cutting off the communication and so there shall be no debate and therefore no dissent and therefore you know there's there is the tacit unilateral uh delusion of consent to their government and there isn't right they just try to silence the opposition and and not allow their point of view to be known. And Silence that, the that opposition in any dissent falls under the category of something that is so awful that it's un-American and needs to be stamped out. Like that's your that who, is, who decided what was American and un-American? Like who just decided this? Like and and you know you can't when you decide and and make these unilateral decisions. Wait 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 wait. Who did this? You know when did this get done? And it's like, oh, it was in that collectivist meeting that you weren't invited to because because you're not a collectivist. You know, right. you're not with us. So yeah. um, that, you know, this these are all cheats. They're cheating. It's <laughs> They're just it's so, cheating. It, well, it's it's uh, it's fundamentally undemocratic is what it, it is. is. Once we stop talking. That's ultimately, in my opinion, that's when war and violence become inevitable. And that's that's really the biggest, I think, you know, if you want to talk about who wins or who loses. To me, that's, you know, we all lose because when you stop talking, you make violence inevitable. And, and I don't care what realm it is. If there's contention and you prevent discussion, that is a, one way or the other that will be the outcome. And how it will manifest itself you know, is anybody's guess, but mm-hmm. I, I think history proves it. And well, uh, we we don't need. Here's one thing we don't need, and then um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to 5:20, and then we gotta wrap it. Then we gotta yep. wrap it. Okay. So I think we do not need a civil war. Now I was I was gently expanding the reaches of my mind because I, I have not listened to MSNBC because it's it's difficult for me to listen to. Um, and I caught some programming today. Where they were talking about a civil war, and I'm, I, I, I forced myself to be interested in their point of view, and to examine their case that there may be a civil war. Now we're just, you know, three years ago, five years ago, we just weren't here. You know, we we all are Americans here. Essentially, let's presume, 
let's presume everybody in in the listener reach is is essentially American. Let's just presume that. Um, I'm not saying that's actually real, but presumptively real. If that's true, um, then you know we don't really need a civil war. We should be in looking within ourselves to try to discover what it is that 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 pushes us to think that speech is violence or or that you know if if we're we're that really that angry or really that mm, uppity amped or whatever we can't just find a way to gently say this shall be nonviolent communication let's let's try some nonviolent communication let's try some community to diplomacy let's try reaching out to one another and having the discussions we really should have had all along in the form of constructive rules-based debate I am all I am for that a hundred percent but at the end of the day it does require two parties it requires both and there is unfortunately well then go outside the two parties get gets get that discussion going and when they realize they're outside of it and that that oh, significant I, things are being said they're gonna want to come join just and I, I meant to I meant to like not political parties but it, it requires both it requires uh, consent from from both both individuals from both, who are in conflict both individuals yes who are in conflict right and that's it's fundamental and so that's you know that's why I I will never not have my hand out ready to discuss because uh, without it then I myself am contributing so um, so that's my responsibility and I would just hope that more people would would share that um, I, I think there know, I mean I think it's engaged in more lightly um, with with Pangburn they have these kind of energetic little um, debates where they just kind of they go over more philosophical issues. Some of it borders on the ridiculous, um, but they cover they cover uh, things that people routinely are kind of get pretty scourge scourgy, or they could be they could become scourgy about. And so um, there's there's an opportunity to exercise their 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 tolerance muscles or their tolerance for other people's dialogue and their to- tolerance for other other people's. Um, but I think also that there's a psychological readiness. I, I tend to believe that people who are engaged in politics are already pretty passionate individuals, which you know they have a right to believe what they believe. And in, in, a, free, in a free and open society, um, you know that also includes sometimes and sometimes mental patients. So um, in in some occasions, people do get a little. Um, over their skis but you know it's okay to back out and cool down too so very very much yes absolutely yeah all by all means by all means i mean it it doesn't mean a any time any place you have to be ready but i think it it does require you know you have to you at least have to be come to something in good faith you know right good faith like in good faith and and knowing that you're putting yourself out there, you're being vulnerable, that might result, if somebody on the other side is being not that way, mm-hmm. it can result in you being hurt or, uh, you know, 
if, if you come to any relation of any kind in good faith and the other party may not be, uh, it puts you at a disadvantage. But, well, it, you know, maybe momentarily, but it doesn't have to remain that way. Uh, right. But, you know, as long as you came came with your best efforts and, uh, and in good faith, uh, you know, I think good outcomes can be expected. And you might actually be pleasantly surprised. I have recently, so uh, there, there's room for it. Um, Absolutely. So, so we'll just keep keep it going. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow because hey, it's it's a hundred <laughs> days of calling. <laughs> it's a hundred days of calling. <laughs> what? Yeah. Some some other time you have to tell me which day which day it was that you regretted that you picked the the number one hundred. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really mine, but, you know, I'm still trying to get that listenership up, man. I'm just, whoo, whoo. Okay, I gotta go. Thank, thanks for joining, Thank everybody. You. Thanks for listening Thank in. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Automatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you visit SheilaMDean.com.